All right. Today, I'm here speaking with Roger Pelkey Jr., a professor of the Environmental Studies Program here at CU Boulder with a research interest in science and technology policy, technology and innovation policy, and governance of sports organizations. Recently, Professor Pelkey uh, offered a one-person independent study course for any international students who are currently being affected by ICE's new rulings that international students must take in-person classes or risk having to leave the country. Uh, Professor, thank you for talking with us today. My pleasure. So our first question would be, what was your initial reaction to the ICE ruling about international students not being able to take a fully online course and remain in the United States? What was that kind of initial reaction for you? Yeah, when I first saw it announced, um, like many people in higher education, I realized you know, right away this is a big deal. And it's, it's not good for students. It's not good for universities. Um, it's just not good. Um, so it was apparent right away that it was problematic. With your message to international students about these independent study courses um, that you and your faculty members would be hosting, you put out a message on your Twitter account on the 7th, and these restrictions were announced the day before on the 6th. So um, how did you decide to do this independent study course? What, um, What inspired you to do this to help students specifically? Yeah, and let me say I'm not the only faculty member at CU um, Boulder or across the country with uh, this idea. Um, the, the, the regulations, if you read them, um, have a really tight time frame for when students have to be registered in an in-person class. And on our campus, um, the registration process uh, isn't completed until you know, right up to or even after that deadline. So it was apparent to me right away that um, in order for students to be able to prove they had an in-person class, um, whether they did, you know, whether they would or not going forward, um, because of the late registration process, they needed to be registered right away. So I put that out immediately after um, the ICE announcement um, to tell students, um, let's let's get you registered, so you at least have one in-class person, uh, in class person, in person class, and um, that'll take care of that requirement for getting in the country. Um, I've seen already um, that uh, you know students have been turned away at the U.S. border. Um, because they're not registered for their classes and therefore cannot prove they have an in-person class. So, you know, time is of the essence in in getting students registered. When it came to helping international students, were there any other ideas that you had as to how to help them? Or was the idea of these independent studies kind of more of your central idea or kind of the idea that you were immediately going to go after? Were there any other ideas you had? Yeah, I mean, the, the obvious solution to this would be for the, the CU Boulder administration or the CU system to simply put out an announcement that says we guarantee with 100% certainty that every international student will have at least one in-person class. Um, that would take care of the problem. Um, and then to implement that, all they need to do is do a census of the departments and say they could provide them a list. Here's all of your international students. Please report back um, what their in-person courses are, whether it's a regularly scheduled course, one of these independent studies, or, or whatever it happens to be, um, and then they have documentation of it. Um, it's a little surprising that our campus hasn't centralized the response in such a way as to guarantee um, the presence of international students, 
Um, so in the absence of any centralized campus response, it's up to us individual faculty members to um, take the initiative and do what we can for international students. Has there been any indica- indication from CU Boulder that they plan on doing a response to these orders? Um, is there any kind of a system-wide or campus-wide uh, message or announcement about any of this that has occurred, or is there any that is um, going on with the faculty that you know of? Um, as faculty members, and I think it's gone out to all staff and it's public at the university, there's been several messages from the provost's office that um, are imploring departments and programs to ensure that they have in-person classes available for international students. Um, that. In effect, it devolves responsibility to departments and programs rather than mandating it as a requirement. So um, there has been this um, focus on individual programs and degree-granting units um, to be responsible for this. And um, to my view, given the short time frame and how important this is, it would have been much better for um, the provost's office to simply say it's a requirement and we're going to do a full census accounting of what students are in what classes. Is there any hope that the provost's office might still uh, attempt something like that? Uh, that's unclear to me. I don't have any insight into the provost's office. I think you know the, the, the most likely outcome um, is as soon as um, July 15th um, or, or thereafter, um, the federal courts may put an injunction in place on implementation of the ICE rule, which would um, not allow it to be implemented. Um, that's probably the best hope um, for a you know, nationwide response that addresses um, this issue. Um, it's, it's never too late for the CU system or, or the Boulder campus to um, have a more centralized response. So in the absence of a, a federal um, injunction uh, from the courts, um, you know, it would be nice to see the, the, the campus uh, step up and simply guarantee that every international student will have an in-person class. Um, they could even go so far as to provide each student with a letter certifying that that they could show to um, immigration officials when they come to the United States if they're not already in the country um, and, and just make it easier on everybody. Hmm. I see. Uh, so with setting up these courses, um, as we mentioned earlier, it was uh, you very swiftly put out the announcement that um, you'd be helping international students with these independent study courses. Um, what is the process for setting these up like on both the student side and also on the faculty side? Is it a difficult process to get one of these set up? It is. Um, it's a very normal sort of thing, a very normal process. Um, faculty have um, you know, wide latitude to offer students independent study courses. Um, and this is often done to um, help students if they have a particular area of interest that's not being taught in a particular semester. Um, if there's courses that they need for graduation that um, are out of sequence, so they don't want to wait an additional year, um, or special topics, um, a topic that uh, a faculty member thinks is interesting and, and may attract some students but isn't part of the normal course schedule. Um, it's straightforward. There is some paperwork, um, and I've been fortunate that my department has been very supportive in streamlining um, the registration process because I've been contacted by dozens and dozens of students. Um, but it's not, it's not unusual and it's not difficult um, for the student or the faculty member and it's, it's a perfectly normal thing that happens at universities. And that, in fact, I'd 
I think there's a, a large number of students in their academic career who, who have one or more independent studies along the way. Okay. So you mentioned that you've been contacted by dozens of students. How many students are you planning on taking on for your independent study courses? So um, I told, um, I put it out on social media, I'll take, I'll take all comers. <laughs> so, um, and we'll meet one hour a week. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have all international students. We have like 4,000. We'll put them in the course event center, socially distance them, and um, have a one-hour course every week. Uh, and then they'll do their independent study work on their own outside of that. Um, the course I have put together uh, for the students is on American political institutions. Um, I'm a political scientist by training. And um, this is, given the election and the pandemic, um, this, you know, this turns out to be a... a a really opportune time for um, international students in particular to take such a course. Um, and if I was in charge, um, I'd actually require a course like this for all international students to get a sense of a flavor of uh, the, the policy, politics, institutions, and history of the, of the country that they're getting their um, college education in. And will a majority of the international students arranged for this independent study be taking this course? Um, so this is the course I'll be offering um, for the students. So when, when I'm contacted by one of the students, I say this is the, the topic of the uh, independent study that I've put together, and you're welcome to join. Um, there are, as, as you mentioned at the top, there's um, other faculty offering other independent studies. So there's, there's a wide range of opportunities for students to uh, affiliate with a faculty member who's in their particular area of interest. Um, I've found great response to the topic um, that I'll be uh, teaching this fall, um, so that's great. But there's no, you know, students have a choice, and if this fits with their degree program and their interests, then um, by all means they should come on board. So with these processes, we talked a little bit about kind of setting these up and how the process has been streamlined. Um, so for students who are coming to do one of these courses because they need it, say they don't have any in-person classes because of the way their schedule has been changed or they just want it uh, to make sure that they'll be able to come back. Uh, what is that process like for them? What do they have to go through outside of, say, maybe just regular um, immigration norms? For example, the the uh, I-20 or DS-2019 or kind of like typical... Uh, Department of Homeland Security procedure, is there anything special they have to do in the case of COVID that you know of that is a part of the process that you handle? No, there's nothing that I'm aware of there, but you know, I'm not an immigration expert. Um, I do know that if they're required to provide proof of an in-person class, then registering for my in-person um, independent study um, would fulfill that requirement under the uh, under the guidelines, um, as I've read them, and I think as, as many others have read them, um, ICE really doesn't get to have a say, you know, what I teach in my classes and, and so on. So um, I think that part, the university side is pretty streamlined, but the obviously the immigration side is, is you know, a lot more opaque and, and complex. All right. So here's a question about um, going remote again. If CU was to go remote... Uh, is that something that's been kind of considered with these independent studies? If the campus had to go remote again, say in the event of um, if the pandemic got worse or if there was, say, maybe an outbreak on campus, um, is there a plan in place or is that um, either not an issue or uh, 
is that in any way something that's been kind of like talked about or considered uh, with these independent studies? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, and I've actually seen conflicting um, reports on that. Um, on the one hand, uh, international students would not be affected if uh, the campus went fully remote. Uh, but on the other hand, I've seen other experts um, who've said that if uh, the campus went fully remote, then um, international students would then have to be deported or leave the country. Uh, in an interview, Ken Cuccinelli, who's the Trump administration official responsible for this policy, um, stated quite openly that um, they want to use this policy to, to force universities to stay open, um, presumably because of the, the threat to the revenue from international students. Uh, and that you know, that interview he gave is going to be part of the court proceedings. Um, but let me just say, again, there's a simple fix here. Um, the university could readily say we're going to go fully online for all students. However, uh, the one credit in-person um, independent studies will continue to meet in person um, with all of the social distancing and medical provisions put into place. Um, so there's few enough international students um, and it's, it's in the thousands. Um, I don't know what the incoming class is, but it's something like 3,000 or 4,000 at CU Boulder. Um, we should be able to provide a one-credit independent study for every single one of them if they want it. Obviously, not everyone needs it or wants it. Um, but it, as a matter of implementation, it should be something we can do um, with not a lot of trouble. You're quoted in the Daily Camera as saying, quote, I am a political, uh, I mean, not a political, a policy professor, so I should be able to figure out work work around policies because that's what we do. What has it been like working with these policies directly? Um, Kind of what's your work been like uh, handling and kind of reviewing these policies? Is there anything um, particularly interesting that you found while um, going over them? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, and, you know, I'm not the first person to say this, but the, the Trump administration policy for international students put out last week is unusually um, vindictive, cruel. Um, it's not it's not an education-based policy. It's an immigration-based policy. It's, a, it's an effort to um, achieve other goals, whether it's removing foreigners from the United States, uh, forcing universities to stay open during a pandemic. Um, so it's using... Um, university policies for uh, foreign students uh, to achieve other policy goals. Um, It was obviously quickly written and um, in fact it was released as a press release, not as a rule. Um, But it it laid down some requirements that um, are actually not terribly onerous uh, for us on campus um, to meet uh, because providing an in-person class uh, for students especially a, a, a small subset of the total proportion of students, um, is something that we, we can do. Um, and I noticed that there are some university presidents who put out press releases and statements saying um, this won't affect us because all of our international students will be guaranteed a, an in-person class. So, um, you know, policy and regulation is tricky um, in any setting because um, people always figure out ways to get around them. And um, you know, hopefully the, the courts will... Um, Put a, put a stay on this policy and, and let you know let time uh, be allowed to, to figure things out more appropriately. Uh, but if not, uh, we're we're in a good position to support our international students. Uh, you described the policy just a little bit ago 
as cruel um, and vindictive. Is that part of the reason why you chose to put out this call to international students? Uh, that's certainly part of the reason. Um, but it's my job to support the students um, who I teach, who pay tuition at my university. Um, we're all enriched by um, greater diversity on our campus, and international students are, are an important part of that diversity. Um, at the University of Colorado, we're well known internationally for our you know, top engineering programs and so on. Um, and so the education that we provide um, is a service to students who either return to their home country or choose to stay in the United States. So if the federal government is putting uh, a plan together to try to limit um, access to our campus from international students, um, it hurts those students. It hurts the students that I teach from the state of Colorado, um, from the United States more generally, because they lack the interaction then with um, people with different perspectives from different parts of the world. Um, it hurts my teaching because um, I teach policy classes and having people with different perspectives, backgrounds, different understandings of what democracy might be, um, how decisions are made, different social values, um, that enriches my classroom environment. So absolutely I'm going to step in and, and defend our campus, our students, my ability to teach um, when there are policies that are put in place that, um, that negatively affect them. What's the experience of working with these students to get them their independent study courses? What has that been like? Um, what have you seen from these students that are trying to make sure that they can come back to, this, to the United States? Um, what's, what's their um, experience been like from what you've seen? Yeah, it's, you know, I've heard from, I don't know what the number is, it's, you know, 30 or 40 students, not all are going to sign up, obviously. Um, but over, overwhelmingly, there's a, uh, there's, there's a degree of uncertainty, um, upsetness, um, disappointment, fear. Um, there are students who um, have, have leases at apartments here in Boulder. All their possessions are there. They're not sure they can come back to get them. Um, they're not sure they can fulfill their degree at the University of Colorado. Um, they're concerned that if they have to remain in their home country and they happen to be in India or Malaysia and they're taking synchronous lectures, they're going to be doing that in the middle of the night, perhaps on poor internet conditions. So, so the students are personally um, quite affected and understandably so, um, given that um, you know, the, no university uh, in the country was prepared for this to come down on July 6th, so it's, you know, disruptive to the universities, but also, obviously, to the students themselves, and I have great empathy for all of the students um, who are facing this sort of uncertainty. Um, I am, as an American, I have a son who uh, is studying overseas the other way around, so he's outside the United States, and um, I, I can just see how difficult it is for, for young people um, to try to wade through what are these you know, deep political waters when all they want to do is just get a, a really good education. Are there any ways that you might suggest that students help um, other students that they know who might be international students who might be dealing with this struggle of trying to get back to campus? Is there any way that you would suggest that other students or members of the CU Boulder community support them? I think, um, well, of course, I mean, for all of our students, whether they're national or international, um, they deserve a lot of empathy, 
at this moment in time just because of the huge uncertainty. Um, you know, college experience, the residential state college experience in particular is just a unique part of uh, young people's lives for anybody who's gone through it. And to have a major pandemic hit right in the middle of that um, is enormously disruptive. Um, my, I had a senior seminar last spring. Obviously, we went online at the end. They didn't get to experience graduation. Um, tremendously upsetting for all the students. Uh, but for international students in particular, um, I think uh, fellow students, staff, and others who may be in contact with them spread the word that um, there's, there's an easy fix, regardless of what the courts do, to getting them uh, an in-person class that fulfills the requirements of um, the, the ICE rule if that stays in place. And there's plenty of faculty. I'm really encouraged that a lot of my peers, 14 in my own department, um, have agreed that they'd be willing to offer an, an in-person uh, independent study. So there's plenty of faculty available. It's just a matter of matching students with needs to faculty with opportunity. And um, if international students aren't aware of that, um, they should they should they should know that um, there's a community here that's that's fully supportive of, of them um, in finishing up their education at the University of Colorado. Would you want students to help spread the word to get in contact with you? Is there anyone you'd is there any suggestion you have on how to get in contact with them? Yeah, I'm probably one of the easier professors to, to get a hold of. They can find me on, on Twitter. They can find me by email. Um, it's it's very easy to do. Um, we have the, the CU International Graduate Student um, Group. Um, we have um, undergraduate groups. We have UGS, the Graduate Student uh, Representative Groups. So there's a lot of uh, supportive organizations on campus that can help direct international students um, where they need to go um, if, if they're having trouble securing an in-person class. And again, part of it might just be timing. A lot of departments will have in-person classes to some degree this fall. It's just that they're not going to show up on the student's transcript um, until they're officially registered. So um, what I've recommended to a number of students is, well, go ahead and sign up for my independent study um, as soon as possible. We'll get you on the books. And if it proves unnecessary because of the balance of your schedule, that's fine. Um, the drop-add deadline isn't typically; it's not until you know, mid-September or later, and this semester might even be later. So there's plenty of time for them to adjust. Um, this, this can be used if they're interested in the topic as a class they take, um, or it can be a backup plan um, in anticipation of how their schedule will finally shake out. So there's there's uh, plenty of opportunity here, and students should know that. So it's best for international students to sign up um, right now, just kind of as a, just in case they uh, don't have any uh, in-person classes this fall. Right, because not everyone knows. Um, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know um, exactly how my regularly scheduled classes are going to work out. Where they'll be, how often they may or may not be in person. Um, the campus is still working out those details, obviously. Um, and a lot of faculty can't guarantee to students that they will have a classroom, that they'll be in person, to what degree. So um, the advantage of a one-person uh, independent study is that I can guarantee it'll be in person. Very well. Are there any hopes that you have for this fall as students return to campus amid the pandemic? Is there anything that, uh, is there any kind of response or is there anything that you're hoping for um, as everyone navigates back to education? 
yeah, it's going to be a rough fall. It's going to be a rough couple of years ahead. Um, and I think understanding that and having some degree of understanding, um, I, I have a great deal of sympathy for administrators uh, on our campus because they're dealing with a constantly moving target. Um, one thing that I think this situation has laid bare is um, the disproportionate degree that our campus relies on out-of-state tuition to fund our operations. And um, we are brittle in that sense. So if we lose a significant portion of out-of-state students, um, it hurts the entire campus. Um, they subsidize our in-state students. Uh, we, in fact, lose money on in-state students. So this is an opportunity uh, for us to rethink our college, university, financial model um, as we're dealing with the day-to-day -day difficulties of the pandemic. Um, it may be we're all online uh, this fall, and you know that's incredibly unfortunate um, for the students who are wanting to experience an in-person residential state university experience. Um, it's, it's awful for uh, professors also because we, you know, we, we thrive on meeting with our students. Um, I guess the other thing is to realize we're going to get through this, um, whether it's a year or two years, we have some difficult times ahead, um, but we will get through this and um, things will um, have some semblance of normalcy, but I think patience is, is the operative word for, for everybody right now as we're going to figure this all out. Um, and just understand from the outset, um, there may not be college football, may not be able to go to the rec center or the C4C, uh, might not be able to see me in person in my class, um, and it's something we all have to deal with. It's, 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 at this point, there's, um, you know, figuring out how to deal with it is, is, is absolutely essential. You mentioned the reliance on out-of-state tuition. Now, I know that you mentioned that the registration dates um, are still a ways away, and that's part of the issue with getting these international students registered. But have you seen any issues in your experience with that out-of-state tuition this year? Um, have you seen anything with students who don't want to come back to Boulder or to Colorado? Yeah, that's the million-dollar question. Um, <laughs> Half-billion-dollar question. Um, that's what everybody's waiting for. Um, and not just at CU Boulder, but at, at state schools across the, the country, is to see how many students actually show up. Um, this is one reason that universities um, across the country have been very slow to announce their plans for fall, is to try to limit the attrition of students, particularly out-of-state students, um, from coming. Um, and there is an enormous concern that if a school like University of Colorado um, were to say we're going to go all online, we may lose a lot of out-of-state students. So it's kind of a chicken and egg. I don't know what the right metaphor is, but there's a, a lot of concern um, about what will happen to the, the budget. Um, at the same time, universities trying to figure out how we put in, in place plans to deliver um, a safe environment, number one, but also one that gives students good value for money, um, given that they can't have a normal uh, residential university experience. I would believe that that's the end of my question. I'm curious, is there anything you would want our listeners to walk away knowing, thinking about? Is there anything you'd like to leave as a final or last note um, to our listeners? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll tell, I, you know, I would guess a lot of your listeners are in the, the, the University of Colorado community, and I'll, I'll end by saying, you know, the same thing I told my, my senior seminar um, at the end of our semester, last semester, um, COVID sucks. This is really awful. This is a bad situation. Nobody wants to be in it. Um, but for the students, um, I want them to know that, you know, they have a, a large faculty and staff who are really trying to support them. Um, in their educational journey, and um, they need to just reach out um, to professors, to staff, and we'll do whatever we can. But also understand it's not going to be normal. Um, it's it's just it's just not a great situation. And um, hopefully, um, in a year or two, we can look back and say that we weathered this um, as best we could. But to do that, we all have to come together and and, and work towards the same goals. Professor Pioki, thank you for talking to us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you.